Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So, all right, let's uh, let's break a couple things down here if we can. Because if there's one thing I cannot stand, it's when people pretend that they're they're smart. Now, I don't argue that there aren't people smarter than me out there. Allow me to say clearly there are definitely people smarter than me out there. But I don't like when people pretend to be smart. I don't like it when they pretend to know more than they do. Or maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. Maybe, maybe, maybe the way to to take it is that we just have a disagreement or they don't understand what I'm saying or I can just think that, that they're wrong. I can just think that they're wrong and I don't have to get any more bothered than that, do I? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. So absolutely fantastic. Let me let me tell you what I'm talking about here. This is um, an interesting conversation about two things. First, something that I, I, I heard on... Uh, on MSNBC, and I said, oh, holy mackerel, that's a lot of hate. That is a lot of bigotry. And the bigotry came from Tiffany Cross over there at MSNBC. Because Tiffany Cross was putting forth a, 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 call it a theory, right? We'll call it a theory. We'll call it a, she's got an idea about, well, how you're supposed to respond to the slap between Will Smith and uh, and uh, and uh, Chris Rock, right? She's got an idea. You take this woman, this, you take this host, Tiffany Cross. And you listen to her explain how we're supposed to take a look at this slap that happened there on 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 the Oscars. This this was her take. I think people are like, hey, enough talking about it. Let's move on. Um, but, you know, it is, is in the news. And, and, you know, Will came up with that statement yesterday. And it was worth talking about. I'll try to put this in context for, um, you know, our, our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can. And really, truly, uh, black America, there is a commonality amongst us all. And if we went to a white person's home and it was their family dinner and we were sitting there at the table and the mother hauled off and slapped the father and everybody at that table has an opinion. You know, the sister is like, mom, you always do this. And the brother is like, I I can't believe you guys are doing this. And dad's like, you're terrible. If I weigh in as the guest in this home and I say, yeah, you guys are terrible. Everybody's like, I'm sorry. When did you get an opinion? This is our family sure. table. That's what this moment felt like for many of us. And there's a nuance to what happened um, that we should get into. Michael, I. You see, if, if, if you're white or I guess not black, you're not allowed to have an opinion because you don't sit at the same table. You don't understand. There's nuance here. That's uh, uh, an anti-intellectual position. I'm going to get into more of that later. 
That is not the position of the rational mind. That is not a position of, of, of value. That is a position of hate. If something happens culturally between one of the most famous actors in the world and one of the most famous comics in the world, and you tell a large percentage of the population you're not allowed to have an opinion about it because you're not of the right color, the only way to look at that is outrageous bigotry. The only way to to even think about that is to see that person, in this case, Tiffany Cross at MSNBC, as an incredible, outrageous bigot. Because that's exactly what she is. It's what she is. It's not my my fault. It's not my fault for noticing. This was something that happened uh, at our table. And this, this, this isn't for, this isn't for, for, for you. I I assume she means me. This wasn't for Tony Katz. This was for, for other people. Right? You don't get a say. Of course I get a say. Actor slaps comic. I, I I get a say. Everybody gets a say. It's it's a it's a unique look at the world. And and when really broken down, it's a bigoted look at the world. The the level of identity politics at play there. And the level of elitism at play there, you see, you uh, don't have the right um connection so you don't have the intellectual capacity to understand and break down what happened and you have to understand the cultural back and forth i'm not arguing that there aren't some cultural things that take place there but let's talk about some of the cultural things that take place there and these have been said by bill maher and and and, and other people but maybe i can give it a a, a little bit of, of 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 helpful spin for you when you are a hollywood actor There are times where you just shut up and take it. No one cares about your feelings. No one cares if you feel like you're insulted. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. No one actually cares if if she's upset. And I actually said to Jada Pinkett Smith at the time, "I, I guess losing your hair would be something that's pretty traumatic. Have having alopecia and your hair coming out would be pretty traumatic. I didn't know that the comic Jeff Ross had the same exact thing. Uh, he, he's he's a white comic. Is he allowed to comment as a man with alopecia? No. Hold on, this in from Tiffany Cross. No, not allowed to say a damn thing. It's it's it seems obvious to to, to rational people that the comic on stage is going to go after the most high-profile people in the room, and she's the most high-profile person in the room, and you're supposed to handle these things with good humor. That's what you're supposed to do. She didn't do it. Will Smith laughed, then realized his wife was upset, then overcompensated, and then hit Chris Rock. That, to, to, to say that you can't comment on that unless you're black is, is, is a remarkably inept thing. It's to say that something somehow prevents you from having a theory about something else. This brings us to Twitter. This brings us to Twitter and a, a, a guy uh, who doesn't think that textualism is uh, uh, connected to natural rights. 
Now, producer Ari, you saw the 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 quote tweet. Yeah, I have it right uh, here. I, I don't see it. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna email it to you right now. Right. So I don't. I don't know if the guy um, blocked me or not. Let me share with you what happened on my Twitter feed at Tony Katz. Um, he's talking about me being uh, talking about uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, who I said is not qualified for the Supreme Court because she doesn't believe in natural rights. In her response to Senator Ted Cruz, she's like, "No, I don't take a position on natural rights." I think I have it right. I think I have it right here. Do you hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights? Yes or no? Response: I do not hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't know how that's possible at all. If you don't possess an opinion on that, what in the world do you even think you have opinions on? So I I, I got a, a tweet from somebody that says, KBJ is not qualified, but Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett are. You are a joke and the definition of a shill. Well, isn't, isn't, um, isn't that something? I then get, uh, you know, responded that if you don't believe in natural rights, if you're not a textualist, and if you can't define what a woman is, then you're not qualified. That's a pretty basic standard. Enter uh, Matthew Neville. I, I don't, I don't know M- Matthew, right? Um, and and Matthew responds with a very interesting tweet. He says, "Not the idea that you can be both a textualist and a natural rights person is hilarious." You can't both say you have to follow the exact text while also saying that there are natural rights that exist outside the text that also must factor in. That's not how this works. Well, I actually think it is. But let's break it down. Let's not take it from an angry position. Let's let's take a, a look at it. A Supreme Court justice, which is what I'm talking about, because context matters, doesn't it? I, I, I would argue that it does. A Supreme Court justice, right, they have to interpret the Constitution. That's their job. Interpret the Constitution. What standard should they be using for interpreting the Constitution? Should they use a standard? That is based on the idea that they feel a certain way, therefore, that's what the Constitution says. That I take a look at what's happening uh, around me, and I'm like, well, the Constitution should do this in this scenario. Or does, as the late Antonin Scalia put it, does the Constitution say what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say? I'm looking to appoint someone to the Supreme Court. And textualism matters greatly in that case. But the idea that I can't be a textualist and a natural rights person, the Constitution can be changed. If I feel that the Constitution isn't covering subjects of of great importance, I can indeed go about changing that Constitution in order to cover those subjects of great importance. But I would ask the question of Matthew of what natural right do you believe I have that the Constitution is somehow uh, keeping me from? And would something be constitutional if it was keeping me from the natural right? I think that's a legitimately good question. And let's, let's, let's go. Let's answer that one. 
What is it about the Constitution? You know, it was Barack Obama. In, 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 there should be more talk about this. Um, Barack Obama referred to the fact that the problem with the Constitution, the problem, you feel the air quotes all around me. The problem with the Constitution was that it was a grouping of negative charters that said what the government cannot do to you as opposed to what the government must do for you. And, of course, those of us who are of, uh, of, of a thinking metal know that this is absolutely the brilliance of the Constitution because you don't want government doing for you because that changes and changes and changes. You want to have your rights protected, what the government cannot do to you, so you can go about living your life the way you see fit. That's what we want. That is what the rational mind wants. That is what the liberty mind wants. The people who want subjects instead of citizens may go the other way, but, you know, uh, that's why I don't vote for those people. What is it within the Constitution that limits a natural right? Then I would, taking a look at that, if somebody had one for me, I would follow up with the question of, is that the price that is paid for a liberty society? Liberty being different than freedom. In that way. And I know, I, right? It's, this is some heavy stuff. But these are the things. These are the things we should be talking about. This is the stuff that you got to break down and understand. This is what in the nominating somebody to the Supreme Court should, should get us involved in. These kinds of conversations. Because somebody who doesn't believe in, in the text and somebody who doesn't believe in natural rights... Uh, maybe I got to argue that's 0 for 2. What is it that they believe in? Do they believe in their own goodness and therefore that will get them through? You want to know how little I trust Katanji Brown Jackson's own goodness? You want to know how little I trust Brett Kavanaugh's own goodness? I don't give a damn about his own goodness. It's not what I care about. It's not what I ever cared about. Why would anybody... I care about the fact that he is capable enough to look at the the case in front of him and properly apply the law. That's what I care about. You think I care about whether or not he likes beer? I don't give two dams whether he likes beer. I would be more impressed if he was a bourbon guy. But, you know, or really more impressed if he was a rye guy. But whatever, you know, you, you do you. You do you. I mean, if natural light's your thing, do you think Brett Kavanaugh, producer Ari, is a natural light guy? Maybe back in the day. No way, now. Oh, now he now he drinks the fancy stuff? For sure. What fancy stuff do you think he drinks? Uh, Line and Kugel. You went full Wisconsin, didn't you? Yeah, I know. It was the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, I'm going to bet money that he is still a Bud Light guy, and when he's out, he is all about the Stella Artois. Oh, I do not like Stella. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a super big fan either. I'm not a super big fan either. But he, I, I know that he can properly in, interpret the Constitution. Guy Relford is a Second Amendment lawyer here in Indianapolis, and he's a, he's a radio host of Gun Guy Show. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. You win this round, lawyer boy. And he's right. And, and Matthew, uh, you, you got lawyered. You got, you got lawyered right there. People will immediately respond and react in ways that try and make them seem smart. 
And we have two choices. We can slap those people around and call them dopes, or we can take a second, take a breath, take a beat, break it down. I don't have any malice towards this guy, Matthew. I just think that his response was was wrong. He didn't take a look, in my view, at the totality of the conversation. Uh, Tiffany Cross? Tiffany Cross is a bigot. Tiffany Cross at MSNBC is flat out on the racism train. You're white. There's no way for you to understand the slap between Chris Rock and, and Will Smith. That's, I mean, that's saying don't pay attention to this. Well, okay, do I not, can I not pay attention to all of it then? When people scream about black on black crime, can I stop paying attention to it? What else can I stop paying attention to? And if I'm not paying attention to it, what happens when somebody else calls me a racist for not paying attention to it? First, I'm a racist for paying too much attention, and then I'm a racist for not paying enough attention. It's very, very confusing. How about this? We noticed that Tiffany Cross is a bigot trying to build an audience on MSNBC by claiming to be Joy Reid 2.0, and we stopped paying attention to her altogether. We good with that? Excellent. I'm Tony Katz. I'll get to gas prices uh, after the break, but there are things that do a better job of explaining where we are regarding inflation than any level of talk, right? It's why the cultural things matter so much. Here's the headline from this past weekend, New York Post. A slice of pizza costs more than a subway swipe for first time. You want to get somebody's uh, attention? Go right to the heart of their being. Pizza in New York, getting a slice, one of the most New York things you can possibly do. Costs more, on average, than a subway ride. The subway, by the way, is $2.75. Pizza, $3.14. That will connect with people. That will move people. That will get people angry. Because there's no way to to move off that in, 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 in someone's head. Which brings us to some honesty that took place on TV yesterday. I've got it for you. I'm Tony Katz. All right, I have got a panoply of things to get to. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Yeah, try and get that on another show. Panoply. I don't even know if I use it right, but I just like the word. Let's start with Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, who wants you to know that if you're gay, you should move out of Florida. 
no matter what ethnicity or no matter um, how you self-identify. And this is very important to us, and we're, we're proud to be a part of this. And we're partnering with, with WPPP uh, to put up billboards in major markets across Florida to let everyone know. We're targeting Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, and West Palm Beach. Uh, we believe we're going to get about 5 million impressions, and they're going to be up for an eight-week period, period celebrating the diversity and acceptance of New York City. Uh, we will show this in the billboards and the billboards uh, you have here right now. So Florida has a parental rights and education bill, which losers and fools call the Don't Say Gay bill. And Eric Adams thinks that's a reason for people to want to move back to New York. They left New York to escape the taxes. They're going to come back for this? What are you, out of your head? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I forgot if I said hello. 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Oh, that is embarrassing. That is embarrassing in every single way. Pathetic. Not as embarrassing as the softball questions from George Stephanopoulos and the unbelievably generalized answers from the White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, regarding Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Is the president confident Hunter Biden didn't break the law? Of course the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. Uh, but most importantly, as I said, that's a matter that's going to be decided by the Justice Department, by the legal process. It's something that no one at the White House has involvement in. The Washington Post also reported this week on deals that Hunter Biden had with a Chinese energy company, paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter and the president's brother. Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines? Uh, George, the president is confident that his uh, family did the right thing. But again, I want to just be really clear. These are actions by uh, Hunter and his brother. They're private matters. They don't involve the president. And they certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in. Well, it's a lot of defense that you're playing right there. I mean, that's a, that is a fair amount of defense right there. But I don't think you know for sure. I'm just saying on, on things that we know for sure or, or don't know for sure, I'm going to bet that you don't actually know for sure. And this is what we're all going to find out. Exactly how guilty Hunter is. And... What Joe knew and didn't know. That's that's what we're going to find out. In the meantime, we are uh, we are all paying attention to the rise in, in gas prices, and there was a report out that gas prices, on average, have come down, but are still over four dollars a gallon. And you take a look at that, and you say, okay, we 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 see that this is clearly. Clearly a case of Biden policies that have created this uptick, supply chain issues to which Biden has not been able to in any way solve. And then you have uh, invasion of Ukraine stuff. But over there at the White House, economic advisors 
are bragging about Biden policies bringing down the price. Uh, Chair, the president has tapped the strategic reserve twice before, and it still hasn't had the desired impact. Why is this time going to be different? So as I said a, a moment ago, uh, I, I think that uh, I, I would definitely challenge the claim that it hasn't had the desired impact. Uh, we saw both in the last release and in this release, the price of oil uh, come down quite quickly. Uh, the price of oil, uh, as I checked before I came uh, on here, was down uh, about uh, $7 per barrel. Um, and uh, I, I know that uh, the last time... Uh, Check it out, because uh, these data are actually quite accessible. Look at what happened to the price, the retail price of gasoline after the last release. Now, there, it's a global market, and there's a lot of moving parts, but it is a fact that the price of gasoline fell about 10 cents per gallon shortly after it. Yes, and then went back up. That you can make an argument, or even attempt to make an argument, that this is a good thing, releasing a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, is laughable. That you think this is going to have a long-term effect on the price of gasoline is also flat-out surreal. How about we take a look at this? Oil prices today. There was a moment uh, that uh, we saw barrels under 100 Right now, I mean, most recently, right now, we've got the barrel price at $106 on Brent crude, 102 on the West Texas Intermediate. You are, they are going to put 180 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve into the economy. And they think they're reducing the price by 14 cents. Look at what good guys they are. It's over $4, and at over $4, people change their routines, except for Shannon Sharp, the former tight end for the, uh, for the Denver Broncos. No, that was, no. Yeah, he was with the Broncos, and then he was with, uh, what was that, the, uh, the Ravens? No, you got it. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Sterling Sharp was with Green Bay. Correct. Right. Uh, Shannon Sharp was, was asked about gas prices. He goes, I'd pay $20 a gallon as long as Trump's not in office. What an elitist punk. It's, it's just, by the way, it's such a nonsense statement. It's what you say when you want to act the tough guy and you got nothing else to say. But, but other people don't believe this at all. They would much rather have gas that they can afford. They've changed how they buy. And there is a panel over there at CNN that said, uh, yeah, when, when we take a look at this, the, the Biden administration can claim anything they want, but the issue... Gas prices going where, where it's at. We can talk about a jobs report here. We can talk about the latest PCE numbers of the CPI and all of us former Bloomberg reporters can really get into the weeds, right? <laughs> but there's one number that they can't really change right now, and that is what the placard says at the local gas station. Yeah. And that number is high, and that's a daily jobs report that voters, that Americans, consumers see every day, and there's nothing the White House can do about it other than bring down the price of gasoline. Which is and, and, and maybe blame Putin, and he this week the tagline was the Putin price hikes or something to that effect. Look, when I drive past gas stations to say blame Putin more than they right. say let's go Brandon, I'll know the White House. Fit. Well, I'll know the White House. I'll know the White House has been successful in messaging it. That I mean, that's an incredible line to say on CNN when they blame Putin more than a, a gas station says let's go Brandon. That is a huge, huge line. I mean, really incredible, and we should be clear. 
that that people do not blame Putin for what's going on. Don't buy that this is related to the war to the war in Ukraine, and and most of it, frankly, is not. Forty one percent say it's Biden's policies. Just twenty four percent say the war in Ukraine. Twenty four percent also say, uh, you know, the oil and gas companies are raising prices. But the White House is trying to do to do both blame Putin, blame the oil and gas companies, but Americans just don't agree. Yeah, they're trying to uh, also, as you said, put this on oil and gas companies, put this on price gouging. They also have been trying to. Yeah, well, they are always looking for somebody to blame now, aren't they? But we aren't buying it. And rightfully so. Because you can't change the fact that a price of pizza costs more than a subway ride in New York. There are things, there are moments that simply you cannot wish away. This brings us to Amy Walter, who said something I had never heard before. And I said, this is smart. This is the second time. Uh, She's the editor of the Cook Political Report. This is the second time I've heard Amy Walter. And I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. I have no idea if we would agree about anything. But this is the second thing I've heard her say on Meet the Press where I'm like, that's a good, good take. The issue of competency, preparedness. Um, You know, you and I, well, everyone around the table, we watch a lot of campaign ads. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been watching a lot of Republican primary ads, and it seems like immigration's in every one of those ads. So I went back and I asked the folks who who cover this, yes, Mm -hmm. but more so than ever. So at this point... This is early March. More than 30% of all Republican primary ads mentioned the border or immigration. At this point in 2018, it was 12%. It is an issue that is not just animating. Right now, it's animating the Republican base. But it becomes an issue, as I said, much more about is the administration prepared to deal with the problems that go on their plate? And it just seems that so so often with the administration thus far, it is much more about wish casting yeah. than it is preparation. Wish casting about inflation, right? It's going to be transitory. Yeah. Wish casting that we're going to get mansion, we're going to get cinema. They're going to they're going to just come around eventually. This immigration isn't going to solve itself. The border isn't going to solve itself. I don't know how I had gone this many years without ever hearing anybody discuss wish casting. But isn't that like a perfect terminology for what it is that the Biden administration is doing? Somehow if they just say it, it'll be true. Somehow if we get rid of Title 42, everything will be okay. What's Title 42? Glad you asked. We're talking about the border here. Title 42 comes from the basically the CDC and it says if there is a risk of an increase in a communicable disease people can be turned away at the border I'm paraphrasing uh, there it doesn't matter if they're uh, making some kind of immigration uh, application or even an asylum application if you have uh, a, a, a an issue a, a, a health issue you know the nation has a health issue well then that's the ball game that's what matters most. So the administration is looking to end and is going to end Title 42, which is going to lead to a flood of people coming across the border. You understand as well as I do that these are not migrants. 
I'm sorry, I take that back. These are migrants, but they make the claim that they are refugees and they are not refugees. They are not refugees. And every time the claim is made that they're refugees, every time the claim is made that you have to let them into the country, every single time you are hearing a lie told by liars. And those liars include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who still refuses to accept the fact that there's a difference between legal and illegal immigration. Just keep saying it out there. Oh, the political right opposes immigration. Just keep putting it out there. Just keep putting it out there. Just keep putting it out there. When none of that is real, not a single ounce of it is real. Immigration is not our issue. Immigration is just fine. Illegal immigration is not. Who would ever be in favor of illegal immigration? What fool is in favor of illegal immigration? And what fool is in favor of teaching people to lie at the border in order to get them into the country? Because that's what people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez believe. Teach people to lie to get them into the country. Make the claim that you are a refugee when you're not. And the country will do this for you and that for you and the other one for you, etc. So came this uh, about uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. And this about Representative Ocasio-Cortez is about this lie regarding immigration. Mitt Romney had tweeted out, worst domestic news today, the Biden administration will admit double or more the number of undocumented, quote-unquote, immigrants at the border starting May 28th. That's Title 42 they're talking about here. That's when it's going to get lifted. And that uh, Democratic senators in Arizona, Nevada, and other places are going to lose their elections because of it. That's the best political news of the day. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweets out, In response, for those keeping score, when asylum seekers are European, politicians quickly recognize them as refugees. When they're from somewhere else, the same folks call them undocumented. Remember, seeking asylum is a legal right for all people despite their prejudice. The more you know. But she lied. Well, of course she lied. All she knows how to do is lie. Everything she says is an ideological lie. And her wish is that we'll fall for it. And she gets super angry, as, as so many of these progressives do when we don't. Super angry when we don't fall for it. Because we should not fall for it. It's so clear to, to the rational mind that they believe they can say a lie enough and make it stick. And so our job is to say, no, we're just not interested. And you can wish all you want, but we're not buying your story. I'm Tony Katz.